When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good day, Cleveland Browns fans. This is the Johnny Cleveland podcast. On today's show, we've got a lot. We've got the game tonight against those Pittsburgh Steelers. Monday night football, we're all getting geared up. We're going to be talking about injury to Amari Cooper and much more. So tune in now. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, all things Cleveland sports, with your host, John Suchan. And good morning, everybody. It's the Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight on Monday Night Football, and this is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. I'm your host, John Suchan. We are so excited that you are tuning in today. If you're listening to this, it's the morning that we're recording this, the, the evening before, but we are already pumped up, ready for this big game uh, coming up in a few short hours, and man, the Browns have an opportunity, don't they? Yes, they do. They are 1-0. They, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals in week one, and now the spotlight will be on them as they travel to play the Steelers under the bright lights of this Monday night football. So many storylines, so many things going into this game, including the biggest news probably that came up this week, over the weekend, was Amari Cooper, the Browns' wide receiver, their number one wide receiver. He had a groin injury earlier during training camp and he re-aggravated that injury over the weekend. So there's a lot of speculation of what's going to happen. Apparently he did travel with the team today, um, but we don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and many people are that they probably will not be playing him. So that's going to put some added pressure on a quarterback, our franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson. What exactly? Um, who will he turn to? They they have many offensive weapons. I wrote an article uh, earlier, well, I think it's coming out later today on Dog Pound Daily about Deshaun Watson and how he is going to be the catalyst for tonight's game. Watson's only played two games against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in his whole career. The last game was a 28 to 14 loss against them a year ago at the end of last season when he was still rusty. And um, the, it was, it had been several years before that, that he played against the Steelers when he was originally playing with the Houston Texans. That game was a 29 to 17 loss. The more alarming statistics that are out of those games that he lost were that he has been sacked 12 times against the Steelers in just two games. He was sacked 
seven times last season and five times in the first time they played them. So that's a little uh, worrisome. Now we know that Watson is uh, can get loose and create plays and opportunities, but he also sometimes runs himself into sacks. So we'll have to really monitor this tomorrow or today uh, as we uh, prepare to watch the game tonight. And, um, you know, he's got weapons. We've talked a little bit, you know, about these other players already many times over. Elijah Moore, the new kid that they brought in from the New York Jets. They already have, um, well, they brought in another free agent. They've got Marquise Goodwin. Last week, Deshaun uh, tried hitting Marquise Goodwin on two long, deep balls toward the end zone. And quite frankly, uh, Watson underthrew both passes. The weather was not ideal but he's got to get a little bit more air under those balls and uh, get that ball to Marquise Goodwin next time. And I have a feeling that they're going to try to hit that play or two again. Now the Browns also have a series of really decent uh, tight ends, including David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, and Jordan Akins. All three guys contributed last week. They all uh, uh, got a few uh, passes thrown their way. Harrison Bryant caught a three-yard touchdown pass. So there are weapons right there. And let's not forget about our favorite player on the Browns offense, a one Nick Chubb, who went 18 carries for 106 yards a week ago. He did not score a touchdown. I look for him to break through the goal line uh, in this game as well. But all eyes will be on Deshaun Watson. I think that's really the, the key to this game. I um I think the Browns defense is going to bring it again. They had one hell of a game, very confident team. They have a great defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz, who's just going to have so much opportunity to create and uh, make life a living hell for these uh, opponents that they come up against this season. Having the luxury of having players like Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Delvin Tomlinson, Rodney McLeod, Martin Emerson, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, uh, the linebacking crew there with Anthony Walker uh, really is something that this defense, you know, they had these guys in the past, but now they get this opportunity with this defense and the, the scheming that he plays where it's just attacking the ball and finding the ball. It's just very conducive, very good for the Browns and look for them to really be uh, playing well tomorrow night. You know, it wasn't too long ago, what, two or three seasons ago in that playoff game, the Browns under the lights of the big playoff game uh, stormed into Pittsburgh, took a 28 to nothing lead and carried on and won that playoff game uh, behind the arm of a one Baker Mayfield. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, I want to give a shout out Baker, uh, you know, congratulations to Baker. He, He's off to a 2-0 and start with his new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Looked very confident. I uh, didn't watch the whole game, but it's nice when you have uh, Evans, Mike Evans as your wide receiver. He went, I think, eight or nine catches for 120 yards, I think. So, uh, you know, Baker threw for 313 yards in the game. And, uh, you know, should be give him some props. You know, the kid, the kid helped the Browns. If you're a Browns fan... 
come on now, 2020 was a great year. And Baker Mayfield had a lot to do with that. And so we want to give it up for Baker. Can't hate on Baker. Those of you who out there who are just hating on Baker still, I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think you're wrong. And uh, I think you should go root for another team if you're always going to constantly be belittling certain players. Now, that I will say there are a few players that the Browns have had, but uh, Baker Mayfield does not deserve your hate. So leave that alone and go go listen to someone else. Um, so there's a lot on the line tonight. The uh, side story here, earlier on Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens played the Cincinnati Bengals in the Cincinnati's home opener, and Baltimore came away with a win. I believe the score was 27-24. It was a close competitive game. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, did not look well, and he's re-aggravated his calf injury that he had suffered in the preseason, and that really did have some bearing today or in that game against the Ravens. There's a uh, Ravens reporter, I think her name is Sarah Ellison, who's a beat writer, somebody who writes and does uh, podcasting for the Baltimore Ravens, who was made some stupid, outrageous um, tweet earlier in the day saying how the Browns celebrated like they won the Super Bowl uh, last week when they beat the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens took it more like a, a real, a better team and that they didn't, they didn't go overboard though. I, she must've missed the highlight reel at the end of the game of, of the Ravens game. Of course you see Harbaugh, the idiot coach for the Ravens uh, celebrating and uh, you know, acting like he had just won the Super Bowl, but I guess she, she must've ignored that anyway. Just stupid. I mean, Ravens are, are a bunch of idiots to begin with, and uh, it goes for their their uh, riders as well. So and um, so there's uh, so there's that, and uh, they end up winning that game. So the Ravens will be playing the Browns in Week Four. I don't want to get uh, too far ahead because you know the Browns. Then after this game against the Steelers, they have to go up against the Tennessee Titans, who pulled off a come from behind win over the. Los Angeles Chargers uh, in this. Well, actually, they had the lead. Game got tied late by the Chargers, and the Titans were able to pull it out at the very end of the game. Uh, and so the Titans are going to be coming into Cleveland, having won a game, and that that team is uh, going to be tough. It's going to be tough out. You got Derrick Henry coming back. Um, you just don't know. You want don't want to overlook that. I always think back a couple seasons ago when the Browns opened their season at home against those Tennessee Titans, and Derrick Henry and that team ran all over the Browns in that season opener. So you don't want to take a team like the Titans lightly. I think no one's been talking about that game. Everyone's been looking and concentrating on the idea that the Browns have all these divisional opponents like Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh on their schedule and have – in the loss and the shuffle has been Tennessee. So before we get to Tennessee, though, we got to get by the Steelers. The Steelers, by the way, are 20 and zero. That, that is 20 wins, zero losses since 1991 on in Monday night games at home. Yes, you heard me right. In the last 32 years, the Steelers are 20 and zero at home on Monday night football. So the Browns have their work cut out for them. I've often said when you go to Pittsburgh, you could bring a hot dog stand vendor from the stands and put them in, suit them up into a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform, and he'd still beat the Browns. But I also, in the same uh, 
breath are saying now that this that this team will uh, and is better than they have been in the past. And the way that Jim Schwartz is bringing this this uh, this team together, the mentality that they're that they're coming with, um, you really got to give uh, props to everybody there. And I don't see that going away tonight. I see that I think the Browns are going to take the momentum that they had in week one. They're going to storm out. They're going to do some great things. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a hell of a game. He might not throw for 300 yards, but folks, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. And those idiot morons out there, the Browns analysts who are out there on ESPN Cleveland radio and stuff like that. I mean, these guys, like Jake Trotter and Aaron Goldhammer, uh, are, are are just they earlier in the week they were arguing with, um, you know, their colleague about how the fact that Deshaun Watson hasn't performed as well or he should have performed even better in the rainy conditions last week and you know thrown for three hundred yards. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> the Browns beat the Bengals twenty four to three. It has makes no sense. These idiots who just they, they they criticize and have nothing better to do than to bash something even after a big win like that. It's a huge momentum swing, a huge win for the team. When was the last time that the Browns won a home game against a divisional opponent? Oh, that's right, 20, uh, 2004, almost twenty years ago. So just shut up and don't make stupid comments <laughs> that you don't, you know, get the Sean Watson. It's the same thing too. You go back and you, I, I, the, the, you, I know I'm bringing Baker Mayfield up again, but you know, when B- Baker Mayfield was here, we weren't expecting him to throw for 300 yards every game. I think it's just the idea that some people have in their heads that somehow Deshaun throwing for 300 yards is somehow going to make this Browns offense even better. There are so many weapons on this team. Deshaun Watson can use his legs. I think he ran the ball five times for 40 yards a week ago and scored a 13-yard touchdown, by the way, on the ground. He has Nick Chubb back there, a future Hall of Famer. Okay, He, he can spread the wealth around. The Browns do not have to have him throw for 300 yards. You also have a defense that is that played a hell of a game and should be playing a pretty good game tomorrow night or tonight. By the way, we're recording this on a Sunday night, so the game is later on today. As you listen to this, <laughs> as we uh, push this out tomorrow, Monday morning. So let's not be so critical of Deshaun Watson. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. We are part of the Fanatical L's Network. We'll be right back after this short break. And we are back here on the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. Welcome aboard. It is Monday. Monday night football is just several few hours away. Several few, no, uh, several hours, depending on when you listen to this podcast. And uh, the Browns have a great opportunity to run their record to 2-0 and with a win over the Steelers later tonight. Now, um, the Browns, you know, I, I want to give a shout out before I go on to my next topic here with the Browns. We are part of the Fanatical Elves Network, and I just want to, again, share and and thank 
those of you who are listening to our podcasting every week. We have a great group of contributors that have multiple other podcasts like the Dog Pound South podcast with Steve Gill, the Brownie Axe with Joel and Elliot, the What the Elf Was That with Joel and the um, Browns Blitz with, with Rod Bloom. And we couldn't do it without your guys' support. We uh, have gained multiple, multiple, uh, 100 to 200 new followers on Twitter in just the last week or two. That's just fantastic. We, all, we also need you to tune in, listen to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure that you are following us. Download our podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your families. If you're Browns fans, tune in. We got some great guys here who write also on various uh, periodicals, like I do myself with Dog Pound, uh, with a Dog Pound Daily, uh, Northeast Ohio Sports Insiders. Um, we write for Fans First here, which is part of our podcasting. So tune in, watch, listen, read our material too. So we would we love that. So the uh, the Browns tonight come into the game as favorites. This is kind of just crazy, right? When was the last time? And I'm still doing the research on this. Hope to provide it to you. We are going to have a pregame show tomorrow about five or six before the game starts. I think game game time starts about 8.15. We'll have a pregame show uh, set for about five o'clock later this afternoon. Myself, Steve Gill will be on the, on that call. We're, we hope to have also a postgame show. So lots of things coming up, but one of the things I'm trying to find out is when was the last time a Browns team went into Pittsburgh during the regular season and were picked as favorites? I don't think I, there was a time. So this is a very unique situation. It does help that the Steelers were crushed by the San Francisco 49ers 30 to seven. By the way, the 49ers did eat by the uh, Los Angeles Rams earlier on Sunday. So they're they're legit, and they're going to be a tough out when the Browns get to play them in week six after the bye week. Um, got a lot of, We got a lot to talk about. We'll have more to talk about on our pregame show. I did want to just uh, touch base on a couple other items before I let you guys all go. You know, a lot of this chit-chat uh, in college uh, – Football, by the way. By the way, the Buckeyes, I live down here in Columbus, and the Ohio State crushed their opponent. I think it was Western Kentucky uh, by a score of 63-7 to 7, or 63-10. to 10. Uh, Hopefully all the uh, Buckeye fans have calmed down now and are not so concerned that they only won their game a week ago by a few touchdowns. Um, it's crazy here in Columbus. I've said this many times. It's just nuts uh, how the fans treat Ohio State. They they think of them as a as a pro football team, and uh, if they don't win sixty three to nothing, uh, the game wasn't good enough. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens later on this season with the Buckeyes. It should be uh, a good game next week. The Buckeyes do travel to play Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish over there in South Bend. So that should be one hell of a game. Look forward to that. The other big college story, you can't miss it, right? Prime time. Prime. You know, Deion Sanders has been everywhere. It's through my childhood. Uh, <laughs> so the kid's been around forever. He is a he's a Hall of Fame football player. He's a former baseball player. He's one of the few uh, NFL players to, 
to play both offense and defense. I believe when he played for the Dallas Cowboys one year, he was playing defense, but he also played wide receiver. Um, he's played for the New York Yankees in, in a World Series. He's uh, been in a Super Bowl, I believe, with the what was it, either the San Francisco 49ers or the Atlanta Falcons. I think it was the San Francisco 49ers. So it's crazy. I mean, the guy's been around forever. He recently uh, had coached at Jackson State, and then he's moved over to Colorado now. And uh, when he did that, he took uh, masses of players from Jackson State, uh, including his sons, who play for him now in Colorado. Uh, I feel really bad for a school like Jackson State who uh, had Dion come there and help, and then he basically jumped ship and just took off. Uh, there's a lot of euphoria and a lot of excitement around what's going on in Colorado, and they should be excited. Uh, I don't know Dion, <laughs> Mr. Prime, uh, Coach Prime, uh, obviously, uh, individually, but this whole story that took place this last week where he uh, took things personally, that the coach from Colorado State, his name is Coach Norvell, made some comment about taking off his shades and his hat when he talks to other adults. And so Dion used that as um, uh, context to get his team all fired up. And, uh, you know, later, you know, the Novell, the coach for Colorado State, has talked about how he really made those statements for his own players to try to motivate them. It's a 93-year-old rivalry uh, between um, the Colorado State Rams and uh and Colorado, uh, the, the Buffaloes. So there, there needs to be no, um, chit chat. It could just, it's just tough rivalry. And there were a lot of interesting calls in that game last night. I was not very pleased with Norvell, uh, leaving his, uh, cocky, uh, what is it? Safety in after he had a horribly, um, late hit on, a, a Hunter who was one of the stars for Colorado, uh, late hit out of bounds where he just ripped into him and, and, and injured him. And yet Norvell, these coaches, that's what really bothers me the most about coaches that at, at every level, when they see these things, these players do things like the illegal hits and, and do something that's, that shouldn't be, there's nothing done that the coaches don't pull these players out that they let them play through the play. You see it in the NFL. You see it here in the college game. You see it at high school. Um, things need to be done. You know, the fact that this coach wasn't, wasn't brave enough or didn't even know, maybe he didn't know. You would think that somebody on his coaching staff would say, Hey, uh, the guy, you know, got the late hit there. Um, and you got to get the, you got to get the kid out of there. You're, you're not giving him any sort of consequence. And, uh, that's a real shame. Uh, you see it all the time. And it's something that is a real, um, Real, real, real problem uh, as you work with these these student athletes moving forward. If they don't see any consequence to their behavior, then that really uh, can cause more more issues down the line. And it was disappointing to see that. I'm not not happy either. With you know, I think Dion uh, Prime gets a lot of hype, and um, but I don't think he necessarily coaches. Uh, everyone wants to say he's the greatest of all time, this, that, and the other thing. But, uh, you know, he jumped ship from Jackson State, and uh, no one wants to talk about all the stuff that he's done in his past. And uh, they just want to glorify 
uh, what they're seeing. It's great that there's, you know, you're spending $600 for a, a football ticket now in Colorado. Um, <laughs> but what happens when he leaves Colorado? Uh, yeah, Colorado will return to what they have been, not a very good football team. I don't see Dion staying there much longer beyond his his kids playing uh, football there. So, um, so there's, there's my take there on the old uh, prime time and Coach Norvell as well. Speaking of one last thing I wanted to bring up, and I forgot to mention earlier about, about um, rivalries. When we're talking about rivalries, it's uh, we're having a you know one tonight against the Browns and the Steelers. Now, some of you younger Steeler fans out there uh, may laugh and, and uh, find that comment that considering that the Browns and the Steelers are considered a rivalry. And even some of the players on these teams uh, probably don't even consider themselves a rivalry, at least the Steelers players who act might act more cocky at this point. Yes, the Steelers hold a, what, 79 wins to 61 uh, losses lead against the Browns in this series dating back to 1950. But Steeler fans are, have really short memories. They don't. They don't really uh, look at history very much. Yeah, they'll look at history uh, starting in 1974, but be, before that, they they seem to forget what 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 a horrible organization the Steelers were. They were mocked. They were made fun of. They were the laughing stock of of professional football. They were the laughing stock of professional football. Let me repeat that. Okay, from 1950. To 1974, the Cleveland Browns, yes, those our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, dominated the Steelers. They 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 beat them 34 times and only lost like 13, or they beat them 35 times and lost them only 13 or 14 times. There was a stretch where I think they won 30 and only lost like six. Steelers started to get a little bit of momentum uh, in 1974 when they started drafting players uh, and started playing with uh, Terry Bradshaw. Franco Harris, uh, Lynn Swan, Mean Joe Green, they started getting better. Where the where the Browns really lost momentum was that period in the late 70s and early 80s. The Browns kind of got it back in the mid-80s when they had Bernie Kosar and all those guys on defense, Hanford Dixon, Frank Minifield, Clay Matthews. But then again, uh, it was after the Brown when the Browns came back in 1999 that all it was just crap. You know, we the Browns couldn't win Diddley squat against the Steelers for, well, it's been 20, 24 years. So up until about 2020 when they won that playoff game, they they rarely won a game against the Steelers like ever. And so that's where the Steelers really were able to take that lead in the in the rivalry which is like 79 wins now for Steelers and 61 or 62 wins for the Browns. If it weren't for that stretch of games between 1999 and 2020 or to, to now, this, this uh, rivalry would be very much um, equal. Uh, and just when you talk to your Steelers fans, uh, remind them that for 25 years, their team was crap <laughs> and the Browns, dominated them and crushed them every time they got to play them because they were the laughing stock of professional football and the Browns tonight on Monday night football need to put the Steelers, you know, away. They need to, 
you know, continue to do what they did against the Bengals. And they need to play tough. They need to play with effort. They need to play with focus on both ends, ends of the football and execute. If they do those things, they are the better football team. They have more talent than the Steelers do, and uh, they should win the game tonight, even though it is over in Pittsburgh. So let's see what happens and uh, have a lot of fun. So we'll have a pregame show coming up later this afternoon, part of the Fanatical Elves uh, Network, uh, around 5 or 6 o'clock later, later today. So tune in for that. We'll have Steve Gill, and uh, we'll see if we get Joel or Elliot to join us as well. Uh, until then, hope you have a great rest of your Monday. I know the, you're anticipating uh, what a great uh, game we're going to have tonight. I, I can't wait. I'm super excited already. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So go Browns. This is the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Take care, everybody. And remember to always keep smiling. Take care. Cleveland podcast. All things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan.